Welcome to the Dew of Heaven service with Reverend Brighton Krumah. Reverend Brighton Krumah brings you powerful and practical teachings of the Word of God, which is able to save your soul. Reverend Bright currently pastors the Bronx North Branch of the Kodesh Family Church in New York City, a church full of love, joy, and enthusiasm for the Lord. We pray that this message brings hope and light to your life. Listen and be blessed. Thank you. We are grateful. We are thankful for deliverance. We are thankful, Lord, that you have counted us among the land of the living. We pray, Lord, as we have gathered before you, may you speak to us, give us of your Holy Spirit, the advocate, the great teacher to minister to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Clap your hands together for Jesus and you may be seated and turn your Bibles with me to Acts chapter 2 and verse 41. Acts chapter 2 and verse 41 and we are sharing about how to become a devoted member to this church. How to become a devoted member. How to become a devoted member. Acts chapter 2 and verse 41. It says, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day they were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly say steadfastly they continue steadfastly in the apostles doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers and fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles and all that believed were together and had all things come on and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need and they continue and they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart praising God and having favor with all the people and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved amen Amen. now we've been talking about how to become a devoted member um, for some few weeks now and today i want to continue Um, this is a very important message amen and i began talking to you please if you have been here you have missed some of these messages they are a series of messages, and they each follow one another. So please, I encourage you, the messages are on our podcast. Do listen to them. Amen. We're trying to conclude this message, so we cannot go back. So please do listen to the messages and catch up. But um, we were talking about the different kinds of people who come to church. Do you remember that? Yes. We were talking about the different kinds of people. When we open the church doors and people come in, we are talking about the different kinds of people who are in church, the different kinds of people who are seated in church. And this is important for us to know. And I was giving you some of the reasons why we need to know this, some of the reasons why we have to know who is with us, who is in church. 
And one of the reasons we identify was that it will help you or it will, well, it will help you as a person who is in the church to know where you stand as far as your relationship with the church is concerned. It will help you to identify, oh, I have been here for a while, but this is my situation, this is my stand, and it will help you to upgrade, do you understand, and become more committed. Number two, we also say that it will help us to know everyone who is a member and who is actually not a member. And that we ought to understand that it's not everyone in the church, when the doors open, it's not everyone in the church who is a member. It's not everyone who is seated in the church that has acknowledged himself or herself as a member of the church. Amen. Amen. So when you know this, when you know this, you who are a committed member, if you are a committed member, it helps you to now know also that someone who is just a visitor should not offend you and make you leave the church that you are committed to. Do you understand? Because someone may have been here for a while, but the person is just a visitor. Imagine you are in your father's house. You live in your father's house as you are here. You are in your father. Are you not in your father's house? Yes. You are in your father's house. And then your father's friend has a child also who comes every now and then to play in your father's house. So one time this child or this person comes and is playing in the house and then he goes home. He plays and he goes home. But he comes one time and he offended you. And then you say, because of him, I'm not staying in my father's house anymore. Because of this guy who comes here and doesn't say hello to me. Because of this guy who comes here and takes my toy, plays with my things. Because of him, I am not staying in my father's house anymore. Do you understand? So that is the equivalent. That is what I'm trying to explain to you. That if you don't know, and that person is your brother, it's different. Do you see? But when you know that this person is just coming and going, it's not, then it will not bother you too much that his behavior is not going to drive you from your own house. Hallelujah. Well, then it also helps us to know how to relate with you. As a church, it helps us to know how to relate with you. What are our obligations to you? As a pastor, what are my obligations to you? You see, because we don't want to wait until some major event happens in your life before you now declaring that you are a member. Meanwhile, in your mind, all along, you have not considered yourself a member. And I'm telling you that major events, they happen to everyone. Major events will always, are you listening to me? Major events will always, always call for the church. Will always call for a pastor. Major events always involves the pastor. All major events in your lives, when you are born... You will need a pastor. You will need a pastor to dedicate you. 
You need a pastor to confirm you. You need a pastor to, even your name, you need a pastor to pray over your name. So in the very beginning of your life, there is a pastor. And in the midlife, when you are in midlife, when you are marrying, you need a pastor. You need a church. Major events in your life. You need a pastor. You need a church. And then at the end, the last major event in your life, you see that you're going to need a pastor. You will need a pastor to bury you when you die. So you see, the church is very important. The pastor is very important. And you, you, you have to declare yourself so that the pastor also knows how to also relate to you what is his obligations to you. You don't declare yourself something else and then when there's a major event, then you are saying, now I am this. Because you are going to need a pastor. You are going to need a church. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? See, this kind of message, we don't have to preach it. But it's, in, it's necessary also to preach it, to clarify some things and to remove confusion. Do you understand? To remove confusion. These are some of the things, the confusion, you see, because these things, as you may consider them not even as important, but they are the things that will take you away from the church. These are some of the things that makes a person Leave a church. It is one of the things that will cause you to be offended when you are expecting that this should be done to you and it's not done. So we are teaching these things to clear all confusion. Amen. Because the visitor in your father's house cannot claim inheritance. The visitor that has come to play in your father's house that comes every now and then, he cannot claim certain inheritance in your father's house. Would you be happy? Would you be happy? You will not be happy. So, for instance, the other day I was explaining to someone, I was explaining to someone that when, when a church member has, for instance, a loss in the family, a loss in the family. The church has an obligation to your father. Do you understand? To your mother. To your husband. May God forbid all these things. To your wife. To your child. To your brother. And to your sister. Do you understand? The church cannot take the obligation when your aunt friend, child dies, or your aunt's cousin's brother dies. Do you understand? The church cannot take obligation for that. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? To say that your cousin, oh, your first cousin, or your second cousin, or your cousin's cousin is marrying, and we need you to come and officiate the wedding. We can't do that. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? You see, it is your, your behavior has made me to preach like this. Because we have to set these things and clarify this confusion so that you also don't get offended 
and say that how come this and that has happened and this and that has not happened? Amen. Amen. So that is why we teach so that you declare your membership well. Amen. Amen. So we began talking about the two groups of people who come to church. We are talking about two groups of people. Now the two groups are visitors and members. And under visitors, we said there were six types of visitors. We said there are browsers, there are critics, there are admirers. These are all visitors. There are professional visitors. And there are regular visitors. And there are false brethren. And we talked about all of these type of people. And it will help you to identify because we give characteristics of such people. So it will help you and say, I have been a professional visitor for a while now. I have to upgrade my membership and become a real member. Amen. 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 So that the church can also take a good position and know how to manage your affairs. Amen. Amen. Today, I want to talk about the types of members who come to church. So there are four types of members. There are four types of members. Number one, there are registered members. Registered members. So you see, I'm teaching you these things, and it will help you to be committed to the church. To be committed to the church. So there are registered members. Now, who is a registered member? A registered member is the kind of member who has written down his name as a member, has acknowledged and has put down his name as a member. Do you remember when you first visited as you say you are visiting? But at some point in time, you should change it and say, now I am a member. I have written my name. And such people, they are with us. We have accounts for them. We have information on them. We celebrate things with you. Hallelujah. So you may come to the church every week or every now and then. If you have not registered with us, if you are not written down your name, you cannot be considered a member. Every member must be registered. Are you learning something? Every member must be registered. You may consider yourself as a visitor, but it is important to understand that certain benefits cannot be afforded or cannot be awarded to visitors. Certain benefits cannot be awarded to visitors. And this is true. It's not only in a church that it should be like that. It's not only in a church. You know, even in the country where we live, in the country we live, there are people who come here as visitors. When you are coming to this country, they ask you what you want to do. Write down what you want to do. You say, I'm only coming to visit. Do you understand? I want to come and look at sites. <laughs> Amen. I want to go and visit this place. And even they will ask you, write the places you want to visit. Isn't true? Isn't that true? So you declare that as I'm coming to you, I am coming as a visitor. I am not coming to live with you. So now they know you, you are a visitor. So they know that you don't qualify for certain benefits in their land. 
If you are a visitor and you come here and you are hungry and you don't have money, they won't give you food. They will not give you food to eat. But if you declare to them that I am coming to live with you, I am a resident, a permanent resident, or I am a citizen of this land, then when you are hungry and you don't have food, they have an obligation to give you food. If you don't have a place, you can, if you are a visitor and you can't afford, you plan to live in a hotel and now you can't afford anymore, the country does not have an obligation to pay your hotel bill. However, if you have declared that I am living with you and I don't have a place to live, then they have an obligation to find you a place to live. It is now their responsibility and you qualify for such benefits. Amen. The same with the church. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yes. So the same with the church. Amen. If you, work in a pl- if you are working at a place, the same thing. If you are working at a place, you know when you, uh, you say, I want to just come as a temp. You know what is a temp? What does it mean? Temporary um, worker. Temporary worker. You are a temp. When you say you want to work as a temp, they don't need to know a lot of things about you. They say, oh, go and see this agency, and then they will give you a time that we can work with you. You don't qualify for any benefits. You don't qualify for vacation. You can travel. You can choose not to come to work. They don't care. They will not pay you. You can be sick all you want. There's no pay for you. No benefits. However, if you say, I want to be an employee, a permanent, are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? I want to be a permanent employee. Then they say, now come, 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 come. Come and sit down. Let us talk. Where do you live? Where do you work? How how many years have you worked? How many years of experience do you have? Where did you go to school? Who is your father? Who is your mother? What is your date of birth? What is your social security? We want to know everything about you. And then they want to know, are you really committed? What shows that? How many years are you going to be with us? They want to know all of that. And once they know all of that, then they say, now you qualify for all of our benefits. We will give you vacation when you want to travel out. We will give you, we will pay you when you are sick and you can't come to work. We, we will give you, we will pay you when you are getting married and you can't come to work. We will pay you when you lose a family member and you can't come to work. We will pay you when your wife has a child. It's not even you. You didn't get pregnant. But your wife has a child and you say you want to be with your wife as she's having a child. We will pay you. Benefits. We will give you there's something called family leave of absence. Isn't that so? That you say, oh, I have worked for a while. I want to choose to now go and take care of my family. They say, okay, go, go, go. We will pay you. You have benefits because you have declared that you are permanent with them. But you can be a temp and then go to the office and then say, ah, but look at my paycheck. I, it's, it's short. He said, why? Because I was sick and you didn't pay me. You can't go and fight for that. But that is what happens in the church. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? But you understand all of that about the employees. You understand all of that about the government. But when it comes to the church, you don't understand that. 
This one too is confusion that we are driving out of the church. Amen. 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 So we want you to be committed. We want you to be a committed member. Amen. We want you to be a real member. Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15 and verse 21. Matthew chapter 15 and verse 21. Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of, Can- a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. That means my daughter is like wildly possessed by demons. Grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her. Who answered her? Who answered her? Who was the woman speaking to? Jesus. But he answered her. Not a word. Jesus did not speak to her. So you say, you are a visitor, and I've been waiting, I want to speak to the pastor. I've been waiting for three hours. I came, and I have an issue, and I want to speak to the pastor. And the pastor says, not today, I'm busy. And you are angry. Oh, this church, when you go, you can't talk to the pastor. It's not like that. So you see, this woman, it doesn't matter how vexed your daughter is with demons. It doesn't matter how much of him you know that he is the Lord, the Son of God. It doesn't matter. So he says, he answered her not a word. That means Jesus ignored her. And his disciples came and besought him saying, send her away. This is our inheritance. (laughs) What are you doing here? Do you understand? For she cried after us. Your crying does not make you a committed member. Your crying does not make you qualify. The fact that you are crying, you are miserable because something catastrophic has happened to you does not make us obliged to give you. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? So she cried a lot. But he answered and said, Who answered? That's the pastor. He answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. I am not sent to you but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. I did not come for you. I, it's, then verse 25, he says, Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. I need help. I need help. Lord, help me. Do you understand? So now it is the discretion of the Lord to help you. Do you understand? But it is not an obligation. Like the, like the, like, like the, the, uh, the, the centurion who has built houses, who has built churches. The Bible says, the disciple says, for who has asked for this? He deserves it. He deserves it. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Oh, you don't like my message? I'm teaching you an important message. I'm delivering you from confusion and myself also from confusion. 
He said, then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. I am desperate. The fact that you are desperate doesn't mean that you have an obligation to stop everything. One day I was, I was also at work, and then somebody called me. And I was in the middle of something that I could not, my hands were not even free to answer in phone. And then the person kept calling and calling. So as soon as I finished, I answered the phone. And the person said, Reverend, you need to come here now. <laughs> she said, Reverend, you need to come here now because what is happening in my house now, you need to be here now. You see, now this person who was making this request deserves it. And I had to, I was desperate because I could not leave and I was desperate. Do you understand? Now making arrangements that some other arrangement can be made to appease the situation until I am able to arrive now. <laughs> Do you understand? So now I have to do some telephone conference and telephone counseling, even as, as I was at work. Can you do that at work? You can't. <laughs> do you understand? But the person deserves it. But there are others who come and say, I need help and you need to come now. And Jesus is saying, I did not come but for the lost sheep of Israel. So the next verse, she says, but he answered. When the woman said, I need help. Now. He answered and said, it is not meat to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. He said, it is not right. It is not fair to take the children's bread and give it to the dogs. You, if I said that to you, that would be the last day I'm saying it. <laughs> even you texted me and I missed it and I wasn't able to answer. Even that is an issue. And I, I'm saying to you that you, it's not fair. It is not right. Say it's not right. It's not Tell your neighbor it's not right. It's not right. It's not right. It's not fair to take the children's food and cast it to the dogs. That somebody called you a dog, would you come to the church again? You will not come again. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? You will not come again. But out of the love of God, we accommodate. And then she said, truth, Lord. Yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. The woman was really persistent. You see, you, you will leave. Ah! Do you know who I am? That you're talking to me like that? You say, take your church. <laughs> take your church and you leave. But the woman was persistent. She says, yet the dogs yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, Oh woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. 
and her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Amen. But I was sharing this scripture to help you understand that there is an obligation that the pastor has to his members. Do you understand? There is an obligation that the pastor has to his members. And there are certain things that the pastor ought to do for the members. There are certain people, no matter what the situation, certain things must be done. Amen. Amen. Certain things must be done. Recently, unfortunately, we lost one of our church members in the Manhattan church. This man has been in the church faithfully. Come and hear the testimonies that people were giving about him. And what was done for him was worth it. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? It's an important message that I'm, I'm preaching an important message. Hmm? I'm preaching an important message. So, you need to declare where you stand with us. You need to declare that you will never be treated as what you, in your heart, you are not. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. The next type of member that I want to share with you. Okay, let me just give you one, and then uh, one more member. It's... The active member. The active member. So the active member goes beyond just a registered member. The active member is the one who is registered and is actively working in the church. He's registered or she's registered and is actively working in the church. You see, this is why I encourage everyone to do something in the church. To do something in a church. It helps you and it helps the church as well. Amen. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 58. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 58. Now everyone can do something in a church. Everyone. Everyone can do something in a church. This is a great house. God's house is a great house. And there are many different kinds of vessels. Amen. And God intends to use all these kinds of vessels. And God has given all of us gifts. God has given all of us talents. And he expects that we will do something for his church. Amen. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 58. It says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. He said, therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding. So a com- a, a, an active member who is doing something in the house of the Lord is steadfast. When you are doing something in the house of the Lord, it helps you to become steadfast. It helps you to be there. It helps you to be constant. Because you know that the church depends on you. It helps your Christian life. 
When you are actively working in the house of God, it does not make you go to church when you want. It helps you because you know that the church needs you to perform this activity or to handle this duty. It makes you committed. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? So it helps you to be steadfast. It helps you to be unmovable. When you are actively doing something in a church, nothing can move you. Nothing can move you. You see that they are changing your schedule and it troubles you so much. And you are hustling with them. You don't accept it easily. Because you know that I am responsible. A lot of you come to me and then your bosses are trying to change your schedule. And then you even are getting a letter to show them that you are actively doing something in the church. And they can't do that. True or not true? Not true for everyone, but it's true. Do you understand? So it's not like you, they, they, they give you any schedule and you say, oh, Reverend, you know my schedule has changed. But you see, because of your obligation, it troubles you. And then you do everything you can. You come to me and say, Reverend, pray with me. And they are trying to change my schedule. They want to take this day off. They want to. There's a brother who was always sitting here in this chair. Who is not being, his schedule has changed. And it troubled him so much. He was always calling me and praying with me. Troubled him so much that he couldn't come. You see, this is what God wants to know. It's, you become unmovable. They say they want to move you to the day shift. You say, I'm unmovable. I cannot be moved. Why? Because I am such and such in my church. I am the bass guitarist in my church. Amen. I am the drummer in my church. I am the preacher in my church. I mean, imagine that now the reverend also has this every other Sunday schedule. And by the way, I am supposed to have every other Sunday schedule. Do you understand? But now, by the grace of God, I'm unmovable. You see, now I want to tell you something. That sometimes that alone, that because of your commitment, because of what you do, it makes you not even take certain jobs, not take certain positions. Do you understand? My, where I work, I've been there for a long time and I qualify for so many things that I should be able to handle, but because of my responsibility and my obligation to the church, I let that go, which comes with a lot of money, and I, I refuse to take it. And I see that in place, God gives me back that money. God gives me back that money. Do you understand? So when you are committed, when you are, when you are doing something actively in the house of God, when you are actively working in the house of God, you realize that you cannot be moved and you don't welcome certain changes that will make you now not be able to do the things that you do for the Lord. So it says you are unmovable and you realize you are always abounding. Those who work in the house of God, you see that they are always here, always abounding. Always, every meeting they are abounding. There are certain people they cannot afford to be not, not to be here for any meeting. Hallelujah. They cannot afford not to be here. They can't easily say, oh, this week I can't come. They can't easily say that. 
Always abounding. Always abounding. And to know, he says, always abounding in what? In the work of the Lord. That means you are working for the Lord. You are working in the house of God. Everyone is expected to do something for the Lord. Everyone. Andrea, do you understand the word of God? Yes. Everyone. And also pray. Pray that the enemy will not change your, your situation such that you can serve God. Pray about that. Let them know. There are certain religions, when they are getting a job, they tell them that I cannot work this day. And it's established. But not for Christians. They say, this schedule, if you take this schedule, they pay you this much. But if you take this, they pay you that much. Oh, I want that. The same work, you pay me more for here, just the time. Not considering the work of the Lord. Not considering the work of the Lord. But it says, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And it says, if you do that, if that is what you are doing, if you are making everything that you are bound in the work of the Lord, then know that for as much as you know, as much as you are aware, as much as it is obvious, as much as it is a fact that your labor in the Lord will never, ever be in vain. Will never, ever be in vain. It will never be in vain. God will reward you. Trust me. God will reward you. The reason why we don't get the reward is we do it grudgingly. We do it grudgingly. As you are here, your mind is not here. And you wish that you could have done this. And sometimes you even want to retire from what you are doing for the Lord so that you'll be able to do this. In as much as you know that your labor it's not in vain in the Lord. Your labor, your labor of love, your labor in the house of God, what you are doing in the church is never in vain. No matter what it is, what the smallest thing that you are doing for God is not in vain. There are some people, what they are doing for the church is not obvious. You cannot see it. But they are doing a lot of things for the church. And it's not in vain. Amen. So those who work for the Lord, they are the people who are here Sunday after Sunday, weekday after weekday, prayer meetings, they are here, all meetings, working to make the church work. And know this, that your labor is never in vain in the Lord. Amen. Can I have an amen? amen? Wonderful. So we want to pause here. There's a lot to share with you. Do you want me to share more with you? Yes. God willing, we will continue. There's a lot that I want to share with you. And um, God willing, we will continue next time we meet. Amen. Why don't you thankful and grateful for your word? We love you, Jesus. We thank you. Lord, give us the spirit of commitment that we be committed to your house in the name of Jesus. Cause us to be counted amongst the children of this house. Children who qualify for the inheritance of this house in the name of Jesus. We are grateful. We are thankful for clarity and for understanding in Jesus name Amen now with all eyes closed and every head bow you are here this afternoon you are saying pastor pray with me I want to give my life to Jesus 
I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. I want to welcome Jesus Christ into my life. If that is you, if that is your prayer, I want you to lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. God bless you. God bless you. Is there anyone else? You want to give your life to Jesus. You want to give your life to Jesus. You are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to receive Jesus Christ into my life. If that is your prayer, lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. Is there anyone here like that? Anyone here like that? You want to be born again. You want to welcome Jesus into your life. Is there anyone here like that? Father, we are thankful. We are grateful for the gift of salvation. We give you glory. We thank you, Lord, for you take such great journey to redeem us. We are grateful for this great sacrifice, the suffering. Lord, we are thankful. You forsook your crown in heaven and you took upon yourself the crown of thorns. Lord, all for our sakes, all for the love that you have for us, even whilst we are still sinners. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Clap your hands together for we believe you've been blessed by this timely and powerful message. We invite you to join us on Sunday afternoons for our Duel of Heaven service and Tuesday evenings for our Word Power service. For more messages by Rev. Brian Nkrumah, please subscribe to the QFC Bronx North podcast or contact us at 929-247-0738. Stay blessed.